0: You know, growing other avenues in my life has been really positive, and having an overall balance in my life, and not just having this this laser focus on running. Because before, like my running and my happiness were tied so close together that it was almost like a dangerous thing. If I wasn't running well, the rest of my life was kind of not going well either. And it was nice to be able to separate that and separate different parts of life, and yeah, and get enjoyment and fulfillment out of hanging out with friends and not being stressed about not running and stuff like that so just yeah it was it was,
1: it was a shift in mindset that was very important it had to happen that's rob watson and this is episode 46 of the morning shakeout podcast hey how's it going morning shakeout listeners it's your host mario fraioli And we are back with another episode of the podcast where every week I glean insight and inspiration from some of the top athletes, coaches, and personalities in the sport of running. And this week, I am super excited to welcome Rob Watson to the show. For those of you who don't know, Rob is a recently retired professional runner from Canada. He did not make their Olympic team, but he tried a couple times in the steeplechase and the marathon. Came up just short, but he's a 213 marathoner. He was 11th at Boston way back when, uh, pretty fast steeplechaser in his day, and really just chased it for a long time. He and I are about the same age, we had a great conversation about staying with the sport after You've accepted that your best days are behind you, even though I was certainly not at his level. I have definitely been dealing with a little bit of that myself in recent years, and we just really talked about his career and his relationship with running, his training, what he's doing now in Vancouver, where he is a coach with the Mile to Marathon program and the community that they've built around that, and this was really just a super fun conversation. I really enjoyed being a part of it. I think you will enjoy listening to it, so without further ado, let's dig in with rob watson all right big day here we've got our first canadian guest on the show rob watson welcome to the morning shakeout podcast
0: thank you so much for having me i didn't realize i was the first canadian
1: (laughs) special honor uh this week this is a big deal how are things north of the border
0: Things are great north of the border. Uh, can't cannot complain. Um, up here in Vancouver, Canada, it's wet and it's rainy, which is pretty standard, par for the course in in the winter here, but it could be worse. Could be like our friends in Edmonton or Toronto. So, no complaints here, man. Yeah, I
1: mean, where you are is more or less northern Seattle.
0: Yeah, I I, (laughs) I guess so. The, The Pacific Northwest, right? It's just it's a beautiful part of the country. It's just it can be a little wet sometimes, but it's it's uh. I'll take it, man. I'll take it. It's, it's a wonderful place.
1: Now, I know who you are because I'm, like you, a big running dork and have been following your career for quite a while. But for my listeners who don't know, why don't we tell them a little bit about yourself?
0: Okay. Um, yeah, I, <laughs> I have, I've been in the running scene for pretty much my whole life. I started off as a steeplechaser, went to... West Virginia University for one year, and then they cut the men's program. So then I went to Colorado State University, go Rams. I was there for my undergrad. Then I lived in Guelph, Ontario, uh, where I continued my steeplechasing, was a decent steeplechaser, managed to run 8.27. And then I moved up to the marathon. And from there, I moved from Guelph to uh, to Vancouver. I've been in Vancouver for about what, like six or seven years now. I've managed to run a 2.13 marathon. And and now I'm doing a lot of coaching and yeah, I'm, I'm not really an elite runner anymore. No, I never really was an elite runner. I'm not like, uh, I'm not like at the highest level of my career anymore. Now I'm, I'm focusing more on the coaching side of things and, uh, still having fun running, but yeah, just, just a lifelong runner. Just enjoy. I just love this sport. I love being involved in it. And like, like you said, I am definitely a big running nerd and I wouldn't have, I wouldn't have it any other way, man.
1: Yeah. Well, there's a lot that we're going to talk about in this conversation you and I are about the same age. I'm 36. You're 35. We're at similar points in our running careers, and your career arguably is five, six, maybe 10 levels above mine as far as the level that that you ran at. But as you said, you were, I would call you an elite runner. You ran in a 213 marathon. You were 11th at Boston. You've run in world championships by all my my accounts and for all my listeners, uh, that classifies you as elite. I haven't been there. Um, but we're at this similar spot where I think for both of us our maybe our best days or maybe our, our more serious days are kind of behind us, but we're still at it to some degree. We're still racing. We're still training. We still have goals that we're going after, even though those things have evolved. And I'd love to start there and learn from you when that, switch flipped for you yeah and um first off thank you thank you for giving me some uh
0: some reassurance (laughs) but yeah i guess i guess my kind of switch from kind of super serious focused elite only mindset came probably after 2016 i had spent you know 2008 was my first serious year at university, tried to make the Olympics in the steeplechase, failed to make it in the steeplechase. 2012, again, put it all in the, put it all in the line, tried to make the Olympics, unfortunately didn't make it. And then 2016, I, again, I didn't make the Olympics. And I was like, you know what? That's enough of this nonsense. <laughs> <laughs> I felt like I had done all I could do to uh, get the best out of myself. And it was this time to step back and kind of explore other avenues that this sport has to offer at first, I kind of like was ready to step away from running because it had been my whole entire life for so many years. And it had just been like the one and only and I was looking for some more balance in my life. So I kind of stepped away from running and that lasted about six months. And I was like, you know what? I miss running. I miss being part of this community. So I, you know, I continued to run, but I kind of stepped away from like all the everything around it. But I missed it, and then so then I kind of got back into it, and and just kind of have a different approach and a different and a different take on it. But like you were saying, there's still I still enjoy the act of running. I still enjoy getting out the door. I still enjoy pre- um, pushing myself. And like and like you were saying before, where like you maybe you know you're still running, and you're maybe at the height. You're not. You're not. You're not. Pushing, you know, the way you once were, but it's still something that we love to do, and it's something we'll continue to do. So, reevaluating goals, reframing goals, and and getting back into it. But yeah, I guess it's been about two years now, and you know what? I'm in a very great place with my running, and I'm and I'm and I'm digging it, man.
1: Yeah, I can totally resonate with that myself. At you know 36, I haven't always had the best relationship with it in the past several years, and haven't even been running at my best, but something flipped. And the last year or so of running while not my fastest has probably been my most enjoyable in the God, I've been at this thing for like 21 years now. Uh, And it's, it's, that is amazing to me in itself that here we are 21 years into doing this thing. That is one of the things that I, I know better than anything else that I've ever done in my life. And it's more enjoyable than it's ever been. And there's something that's pretty cool about that.
0: Yeah, I I think it is a wonderful thing. I think with you know being in it for 21 years, you kind of you hey you mature as a person, right? Where it's not all about just time and performance, and it's it's you kind of you can kind of get more out of the sport, and you can and you can seek because before it was all just like if I don't run this time, I'm pissed and I'm upset, and it's you know it's all about a time or a placing. It's so very outcome now, driven. Yeah, totally outcome driven. But now you can, you can get so much more out of it and just like enjoying the process or or you know enjoy being part of the community and doing cool stuff and like you know you just ran a you just ran a brilliant race um and it's it just tremendously satisfying to get the most out of where you are in the moment and and so i yeah it, it's uh yeah it's 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 i think it's this framing perspective and being mature and just being accepting to where you are and being able to do that and a lot of that comes with growth through 21 years in the sport right man like it's just it's there's a whole lot in the sport that can be great and it's not just
1: times yeah let's put a pin in that i want to come back to it those six months that you were sort of in limbo after you were like okay i'm done with this like elite competitive thing i don't really know what i want to do i'm gonna step away what did that look like for you were you running at all were you still coaching or were you trying to forget about running as quickly as you could at that point?
0: (laughs) Yeah, I was, I was not trying to like forget about it, but I was, I was mentally just so kind of over it at that point because it's, it's, it's a physically taxing sport, but it's so mentally challenging also. And at that point I was so mentally just done with the grind and I just needed to step away from that. I needed to collect myself and, but also at the same time, like my whole entire life had been running. So I was like, what do I do? What do I do? Right. And, uh, and I just started putting a little more emphasis on other things. i was still coaching because I really enjoyed the coaching. I enjoyed that aspect of the sport, but yeah, my running volume went way down. I was barely doing anything. Uh, and yeah, and it really, it was, it was kind of trying to find myself, but at the same time, not knowing how to go about that. I, you know, it's, it's not like I have a, a, a great degree to fall back on. It's not like I have work experience to fall back on. I, I remember when I did that, I, I sat down to write a resume. I was like, Oh God, this is bleak. I haven't done anything. Right. Uh, so it was a challenging time. And, and luckily just throughout that transition, I transitioned into, into some positive um things with, with where running was able to, where I was able to, you know, utilize my experience and my, and my knowledge as a runner. Like I felt like, you know, i spent, 10 years getting a PhD and running. So I was fortunate that I could, you know, transition those skills into an actual job. So yeah, it was, it was six months of kind of finding myself and finding what I wanted to do. And luckily it came together.
1: What were some of the biggest realizations that you came to during that time?
0: (laughs) I think a big part of it was, was balance. Um, because i guess the big realization was it's like it was it was weird because there was a lot of time where i just kind of identified myself as rob the runner and running was kind of something that made me special and it was something i put a lot of worth into and something that was just i was rob i was the runner right and so even today people are like hey you're still trying for the olympics i was like no man that ship has sailed so but just realizing and becoming comfortable and confident in myself and knowing that like i'm more than just the runner right i have more to offer Uh, and I got, you know, during that time I got engaged. I'm I'm now married. So, you know, growing other avenues in my life has been really positive and having an overall balance in my life and not just having this, this laser focus on running because before like my running and my happiness were tied so close together that it was almost like a dangerous thing. If I wasn't running well, the rest of my life was kind of not going well either. And it was nice to be able to separate that and separate different parts of life. And, yeah and get enjoy- enjoyment and fulfillment out of hanging out with friends and not being stressed about not running and stuff like that, so just yeah it was it was it was a shift in mindset that was very important it had to happen
1: and now you have been what two year that two years ago more or less that yeah two and a half years that transition has happened. what has that shift in mindset been like for you over the last couple of years where you have not tried to be an elite level athlete but you're still training hard you want a marathon which we'll talk about here in <laughs> a little bit like how do you not revert to rob the runner and being so performance and outcome driven while still having a competitive approach to the sport
0: yeah i have to i have to remind myself actually quite often like and sometimes i got to pump the brakes because It's it's like I still run. I still run a lot. Like I'm still trying to run, you know, 80, 90 miles a week. And uh, it's it's just it's just framing the goals, right? It's getting out there. And when I'm working hard, I love that as fitness builds, I start getting more and more excited, and I start getting that old feeling back. And it's just, and I almost have to like be weary of going to that that place. Like I don't want to go back into that where it's like. Everything's about running because if I do that, other things are going to be compromised. And I'm okay with just being where I am and enjoying running hard and working hard. And when I look at my watch after I do a workout, I'm doing like eight by a K. Before I try to do like eight by a K and 250. Now if I do them in 310, but I felt good. I'm like, you know what? I ran hard today. My body felt good, and I gained fitness. I'm okay with that. I'm still getting the most out of myself where I am at the time. But it's not like, it's not like I'm going home and sitting in the ice bath and then lying on my couch and taking a nap and, you know, just everything's focus, focus kind of driven. It's just like I go home and I, I get back in my computer and I get back to work and I'm okay with leaving that workout where it was on the day. And then the next day I just get up and go for an easy run. So it's just, it's just, it's just being aware of, and also being honest with myself. It's like, I'm not going to go and run a 215 marathon. It's just, I know the work it takes to run a 215 marathon. And I don't, maybe physically I have it in me, but mentally I don't have And also just time. I don't have the time to put in the commitment to get there. So I'm just being honest and being okay with that and just getting the most out of my 10 hours of exercise a week. And I'm fine with that.
1: Yeah, Which is still a fair amount of exercise, all things considered. But I think the big takeaway there, and it's the same for me, is that mental shift that occurs. Mm -hmm. And in a lot of ways, now running almost holds a better place in your life, or at least a healthier place in your life. At least that's how I've been thinking about it in recent years because like you I'm running a little less than I was when I was at my most serious and yeah I'm running a little bit slower but my relationship with running is definitely a lot healthier than it's ever been and I think that's why I'm enjoying it more than I ever have
0: dude that's a great yeah that's a great point and that and, that's, and it's it, it's so true it is it's a very it's it's a healthy relationship with running when because there's there's less on the line. I think there's like, there's less, like if I go out there and I have a, say I have a, I'm feeling off and I don't have, a, you know, if I plan on doing some sort of workout and I don't hit it, it doesn't, it really doesn't matter. It's not like, oh my gosh, I got this big race and I'm trying to hit a standard. This is like, yeah, all right, whatever. Today wasn't a good day. I'll get out there and do it again. Cause I love running. And it, it's a great, it's a healthy relationship with the sport that I love when it hasn't always been that way. So it, it's great. It's, it's so nice to be, it's refreshing and it's, it's nice to run through the the love of running and not having any sort of pressure about it. And then like, you know, looking at these charts and be like, oh my gosh, if I got to run this, I want to run this. And it's, it's nice. It's like, eh, I'm running cause I like it.
1: Yeah. And I think a lot of runners feel that even if they're not training for an Olympic team, just speaking from my experience as a coach and some of the athletes that I work with, a lot of them will tie their self-worth to their running or to their results, even if they're not trying to make a, a living out of it. And I think that's probably the biggest takeaway there is, doesn't have to be that way. And in fact, if it's not that way, it might actually be better off for you.
0: Oh, so true, man. So true. Like yeah, running is running is just something that hey, we're very fortunate that we get to do this sport. It's a wonderful sport and it's something that we choose to do and we love to do it. And at uh, the end of the day, like you're the person who cares the most by like Twenty times, like I've never finished a race, and I don't even like nobody's gonna judge you if you don't run well, right? You're gonna be hard on yourself, and maybe some idiot on the internet will talk trash because that's what they do sometimes. But for the most part, yeah, it's it's just it's it's yourself. It's you're you're you and your running. You're you're diff, you know, it's like you, you they're not one of the same. It's it's you know. Whatever, like you were, like you were just saying. I think you put it better than I did, but yeah, definitely. There, it's good. you need to have that disconnect; otherwise, it can it can be troublesome and it can be a little concerning
1: for sure. Let's rewind for a bit. What was life like for you as a two thirteen marathoner and as an aspiring Olympic steeplechaser? Like, how hard is it to make <laughs> a career out of professional running at that level?
0: Oh, uh, you know what? It was. I I I, I don't want to sound like I've been negative because I loved it. Those were amazing times it's a challenging time it's definitely a grind like there's no money in the sport in canada uh i mean it, but it was it was so much fun because i was doing something that i loved to do and i was and i was i never wanted to be one of those person people who finished and i didn't you know i wanted i wanted to finish my career knowing there was no what ifs about it right so, yeah, I, w- I was living in Guelph for a while. I lived in Vancouver, but all the while, it's like surround yourself with like minded people. You know, have a group of people, have a co- like, group of training partners, having a coach, and being part of a scene that kind of understands you because it is kind of a very, very niche uh, environment to be in. But yeah, dude, it was all just about running fast. You know, I was, I was a fairly high mileage guy. Even when I was a steeplechaser, I was running 120 miles a week. So it was pretty much, you know, running twice a day. Uh, hitting the, I had a three-hour rule, so was, I had to do at least three hours worth of running-related stuff a day, because uh, I, you know, look at it, it was a job. wasn't a very well paying job. It was a very fulfilling job. It was a job I loved. Um, so it was just, it was all about performance. It was all everything I did. Pretty much every decision I made for those years was like, how is this going to affect my running, positive or negative? Right? And if it was a negative thing, I probably wouldn't do it. If it was positive, it was something I would do, and I would do a lot. And I trained, I trained fairly hard. And, and I loved it. I loved just going out there and putting and just testing your body. The human body is an amazing machine and it's cool to see what it's capable of doing. And uh, yeah, man, it was it was a grind. It was a grind. Like, you know, just having a bunch of roommates living very meager, but it was I wouldn't trade it for the world.
1: As someone who was in it, how has the business of professional running changed over the last 10 to 12 years? Yeah,
0: the thing I. I, I you know, I was I don't really know how that whole business side of things works. I feel like I feel bad i I don't know, just from noticing what's going on in the community right now, it's it, I feel like it's really hard for kids to get or kids, I say kids, for athletes to get these sponsorships, which are very vital to to an athlete's, you know, even a few thousand dollars goes a long way, and I feel like right now we're so everyone's too concerned about like. Instagram likes or being an influencer, this, at everything else, whereas performances aren't as valued. And I feel like there's some people getting left in the cracks who are amazing runners who need some more support. And it'd be amazing to be able to give them some support. Like someone like a Luke Bruchet, who's an Olympic 5k runner, super charismatic. Oh, he's in a fantastic runner. And it's just, it blows my mind that this guy's having trouble getting, uh, getting sponsorship. So I, I don't, I don't know, like with the business, um, and how it works behind closed doors. But I feel like athletes aren't getting the support that they, they have once got, or in my opinion, they deserve.
1: Yeah. Well, I mean, athletes rely on that sponsorship from big brands within the sport to be able to do it as a job and and have it be their profession and, As things evolve in our world, certainly with social media becoming more and more prominent, a lot of these companies are putting their money in other places uh, or giving it to other people who aren't necessarily performing at a world level. And I think to some degree, it ends up hurting the competitive side of the sport, because without that support, why would a kid coming out of college not go Get a job that is going to pay them a lot better than as if they're trying to make a you know trying to make an Olympic team on a shoestring budget.
0: Yeah, dude, it, that's true. It's like well, something we'd always joke about. It's like to be a professional runner in North America, we're not do like it's almost like you're taking a step back and you're almost you're you're accepting the fact that you're going to live very meager. And a lot of the a lot of like like a lot of these runners, they are college educated, smart, well put together very hard, very driven, very hard working, but they're, they have like, you know what, I'm going to run because it's what I love to do. And hopefully the jobs are there, but yeah. And I, have seen it so many times where people come out of college and they have this, and then they get disillusioned within, within a couple of years be like, so this is what it is, right? It's, 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 there's not, there's not a big contract to be signed. There's not, money and wealth and fame it's 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 and it it can be just losing and it can be challenging and also it's just it's stressful i was very fortunate where i had a very very supportive mother and father and family where they were always there to pick me up and provide support uh and you know and and because there was a lot of there's a lot of doubt that will happen right Mm -hmm. when you have i mean six months off or you're not doing so well there's a lot of doubt it's like what am i doing with my life and so it's it's all you have to have that kind of strong support System and for a lot of people that they may not have it, it's it's it can be hard to justify continuing with the sport. And I think North America has lost a lot of talent because of that and not having just like to, especially in the marathon to be a marathoner. It takes years and years and years. You got to v- develop your aerobic base over years, and you got to put thousands and thousands of miles in your legs. And a lot of times, people don't get to that age. They're out of the sport because runners are smart, driven, hardworking. Like I was saying, and they go to the professional world and they kick ass because they have the, they have the
1: tools. Yeah. And I think as you had said, like what ends up happening is a lot of talent or potential talent gets squashed before it even has a chance to really blossom. And then another byproduct of that is from the outside looking in, people don't take the sport seriously. They don't see it as a professional sport. They don't even believe that runners can make a living at it because it is so hard and the opportunities are so few. And, you know, compared to, you know, certainly the big ball sports, but even you know, other sports like tennis or golf or even like NASCAR racing, it's like running is looked at, looked upon from the outside in, um, you know, with not a lot of reverence and not a lot of respect. And that sucks.
0: It does suck. And it, and that, and that's also, it's very true, right? People look at, people look at running as exercise. They look at it as something you do, you know? Yeah. And I I feel like there is not that level of respect given to We, I mean, there's, there's no, there's no kind of, it's not in the mainstream media. Uh, it's just, it's not out there to the, to the masses as much as it, it used to be. Uh, it's it's crazy. Like you look at old timey, like track and field was the game. It was, it was massive, but it's, it's just fallen through the cracks over the years. And you go to a track meet nowadays and it's like, wow, there's, there's the athletes, their parents, and that's pretty much it. Right. And then there's running nerds like you and I, but, uh, yeah, it's, 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 it's unfortunate. And I feel like Running is running is it's it's gotten more popular in the last couple of years just with the level of activity, but there still there still has and there always has been this disconnect between the elite side of things and the participation side of things. Uh, It's almost like it's two different sports. Like people look at these elite runners and and they realize they exist and they know they're there, but they have no idea kind of how they function and, and how they exist. I used to, I used to hate going to parties and people like, what do you do? And I was like, oh gosh, (laughs) I was like, like, here we go. This conversation again, blank stares and be like, how do you make money doing that? It's like, well, yeah, A, you really don't. And B, when it comes is how it comes. And it's just, it's, it was, I hated it. It was, it was challenging But yeah, man, it's, it's like, we're this little part of society that people do not understand or care to understand, unfortunately.
1: Hey, we're going to take a quick break. Not just because I need a breather, but we have to thank our sponsor for this episode, and it's one that I am really excited about, Strava. I've personally been a Strava user for five years now. You can look me up. My name is Mario Fraili. Give me a follow if you aren't already. I post there almost every day. And Strava is hands down the best app for runners, cyclists, and triathletes. Strava is a great way to keep yourself accountable, stick to your New Year's resolutions, keep track of your training, analyze the data afterward. And it's also a great way to stay connected with and be motivated by other athletes who are getting after it every day. Aside from that last bit, one of my favorite Strava features, it's called workout analysis, which automatically graphs each lap split that I take on my watch, like if I'm out doing a track workout. And it shows it to me afterward in varying shades of blue, making it easy to see my intensity level for each effort. It's an intuitive and easy way to evaluate my workout, compare efforts, and check my overall progress. And I've had just way too much fun geeking out over bar graphs the last few years. Strava is free to use whenever you want to log a workout, Uh, but there's also a number of extra special summit features that cost just a few dollars a month that allow you to set goals and stay motivated, better analyze your workouts, dig deeper into the data, share your location with others during activities, and explore new places with confidence. There's a lot more, but for a limited time, you can check it out yourself because Strava is offering morning shakeout listeners, that is you, a chance to try these Summit features for free, absolutely free. Just go to strava.com slash summit. That's Strava, strav acom slash summit, S-U-M-M-I-T, and enter the code shakeout. That is one word, shakeout, all lowercase, at checkout, and you'll see what Summit's all about. My thanks to Strava for their support of the Morning Shakeout podcast. Now let's get back to the show. To put a more positive spin on it, because I do think there are some positive things happening, there is better storytelling that is occurring. We are getting to hear the stories of a lot of these athletes through mediums like podcasting, through some of the brands that are now doing a better job showcasing their athletes, which hasn't always been the case over the years. But I think where a lot of the excitement is coming from, or at least from my vantage point, is on kind of a local community grassroots level. And certainly that's happening here in the US, in some of the bigger cities with these run crews. Um, running clubs have been around for a long time, but we're starting to see like recently at the National Club Cross Country Championships, like it was crazy competitive, um, which is great to see. And, it, and that's been getting better and better every year. But, you know, just on a local sort of like community level, seeing the rise of people meeting up for runs, training in groups, training for races together. And that's not necessarily celebrating the top athletes of the sport, but there is certainly this competitive slant to it where people are pushing one another. And they're in some cases gaining a new interest in the sport because they don't come from that background where they ran cross country and track in college or high school or, or anything like that. And it's even happening in Canada where you live in Vancouver and you are co-founder and head coach of mile to marathon and you guys have your own group on the ground in Vancouver that is meeting and then you have athletes that you coach you know i guess all over the the world really correct me if i'm wrong um but i'd love to get your take on what's happening at a local level where you are in Vancouver and what you've seen sort of even beyond that yeah
0: and that is a good point i i i don't want to come off as as like a negative nancy because i no i love this sport and i and i and it's it brings a lot of joy and I and there's so much positivity there and like you were saying there's something in the last few years and we have an amazing community here in Vancouver and even last night it was, it was you know cold and rainy and wet and my group mild a marathon we had you know sixty people out on the track crushing crushing some intervals so there's definitely a big community aspect and I feel like four or five years ago there was this rise of the crew culture and I feel like the crew culture brought in this whole new audience this whole new athlete into the sport of running where it was more of a social thing and it became a little more quote-unquote cool to be a runner. And it brought in all these people and And they start off as a lot of them start off as just social and they get together and they run. But that was kind of their their introduction into the sport. And what we do in at, at Mild and Marathon is, uh, you know, actually, I'm not actually a co-founder. The co-founders are Dylan Wikes and Mike Woods. Uh, Mike Woods is a kick-ass cyclist. Dylan Wikes is a, uh Olympic marathoner. And then I've come in as kind of the third guy um and so i'm running on the ground here in vancouver but so dylan and i started coaching people online and then two years ago it's like you know what the best part about coaching is actually being able to see people and interact with people and and see our athletes move because it's it's fun and it gives us valuable feedback as a coach so we started a group you know our first group run we had about six or seven people out there and and it was growing and it was growing and and since then we've grown in our you know milder marathon has over you know 200 athletes on, on the roster and. And you know our 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 reach in Vancouver is pretty large. We've you know probably about a rotation of 200 300 people that come to our weekly workouts. And uh yeah, and it's it's been really cool because it's it's been kind of filling in that gaps of people who are in the sport and want to get more out of it. It's more than just a social thing. They want to explore themselves and they want to see how fast they can get. And and I just love it. I love seeing someone who's just who's fairly new in the sport and be like, I don't know much about this sport. I've only been doing it for three years, but I. I enjoy it and I want to see what I can do with it. And it's like, yeah, let's join our group and we'll throw you some workouts. We'll give you some structure and you can see what you can do and see how fast you can get. And it's just, it's really cool. No matter how fast people are running, it's, it's, it's so cool to see the progress, seeing the commitment, seeing the work ethic. And, you know, we do these things in Vancouver. They're called Chase the Pace. And every so often we get everyone together and we throw them on the track for a 5K time trial. And I remember the first time we did Chase the Pace, we had 100 people there. I was like, who here has ever run a 5K on the track before? There's like four people because a lot of these people, they didn't go through the traditional running cross country in high school, running track and field in high school. It was a sport they came into later in their lives. And it's so cool to see that. And it's so awesome to kind of have this new blood in the sport. And the community in Vancouver is so vibrant. And it's just growing and it's continuing to grow. Any day of the week, you could go to run with this group or this group. And it's a very inclusive. It's a very positive thing. Uh, there's not a lot of ego involved. It's more just positivity. And it's it's something I love being a part of. But I also at the same time love, you know, I love I love being the dick out there who can kind of crack the whip and be like, all right, you know, we're, we're having fun, but let's get work done. Right. Like let's let's if you if you if you have your hands on your knees at the end of this workout, that's a good thing. Right. Like and that, in the last interval when you're you know, you got your kind of quote unquote fuck me face on. That's good. That's you're working hard. And I love to see that. So I, I like. I like being able to share my knowledge and my experience to these people and help them get better and get the best out of themselves in running because it's a sport I love. And I think that uh, you can learn a lot about yourself and it's, it's in the community. It's, it is fantastic.
1: How much has that fueled your own running and training at this point of your career, just being a part of that community and being surrounded by all of these people?
0: Dude, it's been massive. It's it's you know what? I'm not I'm not even I'm not even thinking around here. It's 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 probably revived. It's it's the reason why I've gotten back in, at it at it at a level that I have. Um, because before running was a very, very personal and it was all about like, you know, was me in my own head. But now I just I just I get inspired by seeing these people out there. Like I coach athletes like all over the world, like you're saying, and like I look at their training, it's like this person got up at five in the morning to run before work. Why? Why can't I get at the door? Right? It's just like this person is a sixty-two-year-old dude, and he's got whatever, and he's out there putting in the work. So I, I, I pull a lot of inspiration from these people and the people I work with because they're they it's great people, and it's all positive. And I go and I come home from a workout, and I'm just I'm jacked, man. It's it's so much fun, and and the positive the positive vibes, and yeah, it's done a lot for my running because it's it's brought that joy, and it's brought it's also brought a perspective to it, right? It's brought a perspective where it's and it's, it's allowed me to see that it's, it's getting the best out of yourself, right? And not putting, not putting, comparing yourself to somebody else or comparing yourself to your past self. It's being present in where you're at and getting the most out of it and enjoying the process. And yeah, I, I love, I love just being part of the Vancouver running scene and just, and, and it's happening in communities all over North America, all over the world. And it's, it's cool, man. It's really cool. I feel like there is some sort of, uh, yeah, very big upswing in, in running, in running culture because of it.
1: Yeah, man, I love hearing that. And it absolutely resonates with me as well. I've lived here in the Bay Area for five years now, and there is a really strong community here, uh, certainly around ultra and trail running, but also marathon track, cross country, that sort of thing. And I coach mm-hmm. two groups here in the area and we meet at the track on a weekly basis for workouts and all these people have full-time jobs, they have kids, yes. they have families. They're coming out at 6:45 on a Wednesday night when it's pissing rain in San Francisco <laughs> and yeah. putting their intervals in on the track like you had just described with with your group and that energizes me as a coach, but also as an athlete because I have an interest in them and what they're trying to achieve and how I can help them but it's reciprocated. I mean, they also are asking, what are you training for? And it's like, uh, uh, nothing. And No, you got (laughs) to have something like you, you you have to like, you're almost like, man, like I want to, I want to meet them at their level, at least like their level of energy, their level of interest, their level of commitment. Uh, and I think, you know, hearing you describe that and thinking through it myself, it's the same thing. I think that's what has re-energized me at this point of my life, having been at it for as long as I have, having competed at a collegiate level at a fairly high level. Um, but at 36 years old where I have other priorities to still want to take part and still be a part of of that community because now I'm so embedded in it. And as you said, it's happening throughout North America, around the world. And I think that is a great thing for the sport of running. Yeah,
0: it absolutely is a great thing for the sport of running. And and like you're saying, man, yeah, it's, it's, you can, you can drive a lot of inspiration from there. (laughs) Like we've had times where it's been snowy and cold and awful. And Dylan and I show up to practice we're like, maybe no one will come we can go home. And lo and, be- <laughs> and, lo and behold, there's still 40 Someone's runners there. there. Yeah. We're like, all right, let's do this. And, and, you know, and then you're just like, dang, these people are badasses. Right. And I love, I love writing, I love writing running workouts for people because we'll go to the track and it's like, you know what? The best runners in the world are doing this workout you know, everyone's doing the same workout. It's just, it's just the paces that are, that are different, right? It's just like, we're all in it together. When we're on that track, we're all in it together. We're all doing the same thing. We're all going through the same feelings. We're all going through the same. And like you're saying, meeting them on their level and being able to have that connection. It's like, yeah, the way you felt during your last rep was probably the same way I felt. I was just maybe going a little <laughs> bit faster, but I could totally relate to it. And that's why like runners are, you know, we love talking about running, but it's just something that it's it's a it's a great connection there. And it's nice to be able to share that with the, with an awesome community.
1: Let's bring this back to you. Your last quote unquote serious marathon attempt in 2016 was London Marathon. Take me through that experience and what you were feeling in the days and weeks after it. Yeah,
0: that was that was an interesting race. Yeah, that was in two thousand sixteen. I had come out I had come in the early in the year and I was in decent I was in I was in pretty good shape. I went and ran the World Half Marathon Championships in Cardiff Wales. Didn't have a great race that day, but that was a weird day. I don't know if you remember that. That was like, there was like a windstorm. <laughs> like, it was like the windiest race I've ever run in my life. So, times and something. But, but, um, anyways, I was, I was in pretty, pretty good shape. I spent, you know, uh, five weeks in, in Edinburgh and London training before that race. And when I got into that race, I was, I was. I had prepared the best I could to get out there and run. And in Canada we needed to run two twelve fifty in the marathon. And I did all I could to get myself in shape to run that time. And when the race day came, I was like, well, here it is. It's 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 happening or it isn't. And it was it was a race. It was one of those races where by ten miles, you knew it, it wasn't. And it was it was such an odd feeling because, you know, I I, I was probably maybe in like 214, 215 shape, but I was trying to run 212, right? That happened a lot in my career where I was probably in shape run two fourteen, but I was trying to run two eleven, so I ended up running two eighteen or something like that. But uh yeah, I remember that I'll remember that London marathon very vividly because you know going out there and, and never really feeling comfortable at the pace I needed to run and hitting 10 miles and be like, you know what? I'm not gonna make the Olympics. And that really, really sucks because this has been what I've been in the sport for and this is all I've wanted out of this sport it's given me so much but i just wanted to make the olympics so bad even to this day i don't think i've gotten over that but it was weird because i was in the london marathon and i i I gave myself a pity party for probably about 10k like i was out there and i was like this sucks i almost like shut her down i was like this is this is awful this is terrible but then like it was like as i was running that race i was processing my head i was like you know what i'm in the london marathon this is amazing there's tens of thousands of people here uh I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to enjoy it. So then I just tried to enjoy it because I felt like that was the last time I was going to be running at that level in 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 such a big race. And I was still fit. So I was like, all right, let's 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 kind of sh- change momentum, change kind of mind shift and finish this and try to have a good experience. I knew there was, there was some Irish guys in that race and they were trying to get a specific standard to get to their Olympic time. So I, I grouped up with them. I was like, all right, boys, let's try to go and get this time, try and do some pace work with them. And so it was a weird race. And... and it was it was heartbreaking, and when I finished, I was pretty devastated. But at the same time, it was it was being able to look at it and be like, man, it's so cool that I could go and run through the streets of London, England, and and have this amazing big marathon experience. Uh, so trying to take the positive out of it, but at the same time, it was a it was a tough day. And then afterwards, I was I was totally down in the dumps for a few months afterwards, just because, like I was saying before, man, all I wanted to do was run in the Olympics, and I never. Never quite got there. Running has given me so much, and I love it so much. But gosh darn, I wanted to run in the Olympics.
1: So it took a while to get over that one. And after that race in 2016, while you were down in the dumps, did you think that was it? I'm never going to run another marathon again. This is over.
0: Yeah, I, I I felt like I felt like at a at a higher level. That was it. It was it because I mean I I, I man like when I was training hard for a marathon, like I was running. You know, 250k a week. I was just doing all the little things. I was going to training camps, living like a monk, just, just doing everything I could. And and I was like, I I can't do that anymore. I don't want to do that anymore. I don't have the mental ability to do that anymore. I don't physically can handle it. So I was like, yeah. I was like, that's it for me and my high level running. It's over. And I was, you know what? At that point, I was okay with it. Um, I still I'm okay with it actually. But. Because I, I, I was elite. Although I was devastated at the same time, I didn't have any what ifs. I didn't have any, well, maybe if I did this, maybe if I did that, I was like, you know what? I did what I could do. I gave it, I gave it an honest, solid effort. And I, at the end of the day, the thing I love about running is that there's no luck involved, right? There's no, I didn't get unlucky or, you know, there wasn't like, maybe if I did this, like it was like, I put in the work that I thought that I put in the, all the work I could and it didn't come out when that's just, it just wasn't in the cards and it's okay to be able to live. It's all, It's okay to be able to live with that.
1: It's, it's just, I like wasn't good enough, plain and simple and whatever. I gave it a go. Fast forward two years from that to this past May, you come out and win the Vancouver marathon where <laughs> you live now. I think you ran what? 220 if I'm not. No, I mistaken? actually ran
0: like, I ran 226 or two. I had a big blow up in that race. And it was a hot but, day. Oh, it was ridiculous. Yeah.
1: yeah. So hot yeah. day in May, but you won the marathon first marathon win of your career with your quote unquote, more serious days behind you. Take me through the decision to one, sign up for that race and train for it. And then two, what you were feeling afterward. Yeah, that was, that was, it's, it's, it's just cause I got up here the 4% and so they did all the work, <laughs> but, uh,
0: um, no, I, uh, well, what happened there is like I was, like I said before, right? It's like I, I run and I'm just gonna, always going to run. And then again, it's just like to get a, to get get at running, you just need to put consistent work. And I've always enjoyed like just putting in the work and I just got a really good kind of string of training going together. And you know, every so often I go out there and I run like a tempo run or I do some fart, like just to just, just change things up and just to kind of test myself and just to keep it fresh. And I was doing these kind of impromptu workouts, but they were coming along really well and I was feeling good. And I was like, man, this is... I'm feeling almost like physically like my old self. So then I got Dylan to write me up a training plan and and I, and I kind of crushed it. I kind of did really well. My volume was, you know, I was only running like 90 miles a week, but I was still putting in some very, very good quality work. Uh, and then I mean, the, the Vimo Marathon here in Vancouver, it's a pretty cool race. They do good organization. It's my hometown race. Uh, well, Vancouver is my hometown now. And, and it was like, yeah, let, let's give it a go. Let's try to win this dang thing. Because in the past, like around 220 will put you very competitive. And I feel like on that day, I was probably, I mean, I ran 226, 227, but I like, like the training and everything leading up to it was like probably about 220 shape. Uh, easier said than done cause I didn't do it. But, uh, yeah. And then race day came and it was like, I got nothing to lose. Right. There was no pressure. I was nervous because I know how challenging marathons are and it was going to be, it was going to be challenging, but it was, it was, it was a fun day, man. It was a really, really fun day. Cause uh you know my fiance was out there having the whole model the marathon crew out there being in my hometown it was hot it was definitely hot but it was it was it was a joyful race and i and i and, and no point in that race was i worried about what the watch said i was just trying to read my body and be within myself and just race a marathon and the doors didn't really come off until 32k when i already fortunately kind of locked it up and then i really suffered for the last 10k but it was cool, man, because I, 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 it was, it, it was very, very refreshing and very, very nice to know that I could still run at a decent level and, and just to win a race is, it's always fun to win races, man. I feel like during my career I didn't take enough time to kind of, um, enjoy the highs because I was always looking towards the next yeah. thing, always looking for the next thing, right? Like in running, it was always like if you won, you were, you're like, yeah, I was, I, I wanted, I was expecting to win, right? That's whatever, right? And. So I didn't take enough time to enjoy it. But this time, I, I was really able to enjoy that because I was like, you know what? I worked hard for this. I was tough. I was focused. And I was proud of myself. And I was, yeah. And, and it, was, it was really, really cool. And it was, it was one of the most fun I've ever had on a race course, except for maybe the
1: last five or six K. <laughs> while, <laughs> yeah. while you were in it, yeah. Yeah, you can you ask Jody Bailey about that. He was there on the bike. Well, I will uh, I will link to his fantastic story for Tempo Journal of that race with the photos in the show notes, to this, so those of you who are listening can can check that out. But funny how that works, right? I mean, speaking from my own experience, having just run a PB at CIM, I ran two twenty seven thirty three, and I took like it was less than a minute off of my previous personal best, but that was 11 years old. It had been 11 years (laughs) in between. Yeah. So I ran that time when I was 25. And I remember, and that was my first marathon that I'd run a 228. And I remember at the time, because I was so performance driven and Mm -hmm. so outcome oriented that I, I wasn't even happy with it, even though I'd run 228 in my first marathon, I didn't blow up. It was like, that's just what I had on the day. And I didn't allow myself to enjoy it. And lo and behold, it was 11 years till I ran faster. And there was no guarantee that I was ever going to run faster. And same as you had just described, I, for the first time, allowed myself to just enjoy it. Like one, while I was out there and then two, after to be like, you know what, that was pretty dang cool that <laughs> I was able to, you know, I was able to, to do that. And it doesn't always have to be a personal best or a win or a podium or whatever it is, but Allowing yourself to recognize your accomplishments when they do happen and to celebrate them—it doesn't mean you have to go throw a huge party, but just to you know to have that satisfaction that you accomplished something.
0: Yeah, it's it's true. I mean, this is why we do the sport, right? We do it to push ourselves, and and so when you push yourself, you do something great. It, it take a second to enjoy it, and and as a coach, that's something I always always. Like time an athlete will set like a PB, if they're like, it's like, oh, I set a PB, but I'm like, stop right there. No, but no you, <laughs> you just ran as fast as you've ever run in your life. Take a second and enjoy it. Yes, we have goals we're working towards. And yes, we want more. But take a second to you just did something you've never done before. And that's an amazing accomplishment. So take a second and enjoy it. And I wish I did that more. I wish someone told me that during my career, because I remember the first marathon I ever ran. I didn't know what the heck I was doing, right? I just got really fit and, I was trying to. I I don't know. I was like, coach said I could run two eleven. I was like, all right, cool. I'll go try to run two eleven. If I knew now what I knew, I was like, yeah, no. But uh, I ran two sixteen, and I was devastated with the two sixteen in yeah. my first ever marathon. And looking back on it, I was like, that was a pretty damn good run. Like that, I, I should have been proud about that. But I was devastated because mm-hmm. I wanted that. I wanted that two eleven. But that 211 was just like a number that came out of nowhere. Exactly. And so I was, I was bundled with that. And unfortunately, like, you know, I ran, when I ran the 213 in my third marathon, I was trying to run again, the Olympic standard. I didn't get the Olympic standard that day. And I was devastated. I was like, I just ran a 213 marathon looking back. And I was like, that's pretty damn cool. So yeah, taking a second to kind of reflect and enjoy what you've been able to do and where you've come from, where you've gotten to, it's, it's, it's such an important part of the process. And it's something that is. And like, you know, you like, I was following you as you were, you know, leading up to CIM and and you ran your race and it it is, it's, man, it's so cool to be able to go out there and just, and just run fast and enjoy it and also be aware of it and
1: give it the, uh, give it the kudos it deserves because, because we work hard at this sport, man, we work hard. And speaking from my own experience, I just felt a lot lighter in the process of leading up to the race. I I mean, I could have run, I mean, I had a goal to, to run fast, but, if I didn't PR, it wasn't going to ruin my day. Um, if I, if I did it, you know, still I celebrate it, but it's like, it still doesn't, you know, it means something, but in the grand scheme of things, it really doesn't. I think just like feeling a lot lighter and not feeling like, Oh, well, you know, this time is forever tied to me and it identifies me as something. It's like, not really. It doesn't, doesn't (laughs) um, along those lines, what do you know now that you wish you knew back at the height of your competitive career?
0: Oh man, I wish I, I wish I had more self confidence in myself and more of a belief. I wish I had some more understanding of my body, because I I feel like I didn't I didn't I didn't. It was always just go hard, just go hard. You know, if you go hard all the time, you're gonna get fit and you're gonna be fine. I wish I had more of a overall knowledge of the of the event of the marathon, the marathon event, and kind of how to read my body in it, because I think there was times where like I lacked the self belief. And I would always fall back into like train more, train more. I wish sometimes I had the, I had the cell, the foresight to kind of step back. Like I was looking at my, I was looking at my training log the other day from before I ran Chicago in 2015. And three weeks before Chicago, I mean, cause like it was, it was kind of a condensed build. So the whole entire time I was like trying to like cram, 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 cram. And three weeks before that, I did a 25K tempo run on the track, which was god-awful like mentally yeah yeah but i still i averaged 311 per k was in control felt good at that point i wish i kind of backed off but that's still i still like i need to i need to keep pushing i need to keep pushing on that and the week before i ran friggin chicago i ran 200k because i felt like i needed to get all this training in my legs and i'd run somewhere i'd read somewhere about uh uh, was that the American guy camping or whatever, who'd run a bunch of miles before a race one day, one one year because he felt he wasn't prepared. So I was like, yeah, I'm gonna do what that guy did, right? Whereas if I had gone out and run 100K that week and, and been more fresh, I feel like I would have run better races. I felt like I didn't trust myself enough and have that confidence. And that's something I've I've kind of gotten from, even when I talked to Cam Levens um, on my podcast, and just he has he, Cam trust himself he trusts the work he does. And he has belief in his, you know, he, he believes in him. Like, I, I feel like I didn't have that. I felt like I was always just like, I'm just going to work as hard as I can. And it's going to be okay. And every time I get in the line, it's just like, I'm just going to run as hard as I can. And I didn't have enough confidence in myself as a runner.
1: And how would you recommend, or how did you get over that insecurity?
0: You know, I think I gave over that insecurity by uh, not being such a, type a runner and when i was doing this the marathon build in the last process being okay taking a few days off and 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 just kind of going through and be like huh you know what the fitness isn't going anywhere right if you if you take a few days off to have a hard session it's not going anywhere it's it's the rest the recovery is super important and i find i found that just doing that more allowed me to recover and like the, the build up to bema was so much fun because Every workout I did, it was, it wasn't, it was, it was an opportunity to build fitness rather than a mini test. Whereas before I looked at every workout as almost like a test. It's like today you have to do this and able to be able to do this later on. Whereas now when I was like, all right, today I'm going to do this. And if I do it well, I'm going to build fitness and that's going to be great. Right. It was like, it was a change in perception. So I I feel like a, a change in mindset was necessary and being able to look at, look at training as a whole and being able to put more, realize the importance of recovery. In a in a more mature and just rational
1: way, rather than just like
0: I was this I was a friggin' I was a hammerhead. I, I I'm not even gonna lie, man. I was a hammerhead.
1: Well, that's an important shift, and I think it's something that runners of any level can relate to. And it's interesting to hear you say that because I think it was another Canadian. I think it was Reed Coolset who tweeted something a couple months ago that I wrote down and I've shared with all my athletes. It's like the point of a session isn't to prove your fitness. It's to improve your fitness. And I think too many people will go to the track and go to their tempo run and they go out there and I'm like, okay, I'm here to prove something today. It's like, no, you're not. You prove something on, on, on race day. Like you're, you know, you're here to, to improve and give yourself a better shot to have the performance that you want to have when you step to the start line.
0: Oh yeah, dude. Read, read, like read cool and Eric Gillis. I trained with those guys in Guelph for a few years and I left Guelph after my first marathon and I wish I had spent more time learning the event from those guys' perspective, because there there are a few, there are very few North American marathoners with the with the record that Reed and Eric have, and a lot of that is their mentality. Those guys are so mentally on it, and they go back. and That's like the thing I was saying about Cam is they know their bodies, they know what they're capable of doing, and they're just smart. Reed is so smart, Gillis is so smart. They're tough as hell they put in the work but they're wise and I, I wish in my career i had spent more time kind of like talking to them about the marathon because it's just it's an event that's it's unique and it's different and there's a lot of different ways to approach it but just like i wish i talked to those guys more because man the stuff they've done in this sport is fantastic eric gillis is probably i think eric gillis is like the most underrated canadian runner of all time he's amazing
1: I can't speak to the rest of Canadian runners, but I think just in general, those guys are, are yeah. very underrated as as marathoners, and the consistency with which they've been able to perform over the last several years is really just mind-boggling when you think about it. Oh, it's, it's unbelievable, yeah. Cool sets, just 2'10",
0: 2'11", locked down. Gillis top 10 in the Olympics. That performance was unbelievable. Uh, yeah, the things those guys have done is, I mean, it's it's cool. It's inspiring, and i, I so much respect for for those guys and you know if they didn't uh, I left Guelph because I was uh, you know kind of over Guelph in, in, in itself and I wanted to change but those guys were an amazing resource and I wish I I wish I kind of utilized them more because it could have helped my I think it could help me but hey c'est la vie <laughs> hindsight's, 2020, <laughs> hindsight's 2020 right yeah.
1: Well, here we are. It's 2019 and yeah. <laughs> January 3rd, to be specific, probably be a couple of weeks before I put this episode out. But I was scrolling through your Twitter feed the other day and saw that you had posted your New Year's resolutions and I will read them to my listeners here. One, learn how to trail run and not fall on head. Two, learn how to do ultra running shit. Three, after one and two are complete, start crushing trail and ultra races. Four, swear less. <laughs> so why don't you take me through at least the first three of those. Um, and we'll take it from there. <laughs> yeah. Well, I, like, like, like,
0: I think kind of general theme here is that we're just runners and we love running. And and I've, I've accepted the fact that my best marathoning days are over. I've, I've, I'm never going to run a 213 marathon again. I'm never going to run a fast people chase again. But I feel like I'm 35. I still have some good running in my legs. And I want to explore and see what I uh, can possibly be capable of doing in, in moving up in volume. I've always been a big volume guy. Like, I've never had any natural speed. I've always just relied on a big engine. And I think that something like some ultra running and, and some trail running could be right up my alley. Fortunately, Vancouver has some world-class trails, and I've been trying to hit those up. And it's just it's just an exciting new avenue to or an exciting new part of the sport I want to explore. I... I've, I've had great joy so far just getting on the trails and plunking around. And I, I want to see what I can do for a 50K. I want to see what I can do for a 100K. I don't know. I think it's exciting. I think it's exciting to test your body and see what you're capable of doing. I'm, I'm keen to see what happens to my head when I'm, you know, 80 kilometers into a race. I, I want to explore that because I think the mental side of it's amazing too. So it's exciting to kind of open new doors. I know that I'm a good runner. And I think that if I, if I take it seriously and do it properly, which is, you know, A, learn. I got to learn first, right? And I'm not expecting to come in here and crush it. But I'm excited to learn and I'm excited to compete because I think that I could actually be pretty good at this uh, ultra and trail stuff. And it's, it's fun because the, I feel trail and ultra has done an amazing job marketing itself. It's, it's, I always look on the internet and it looks, looks, looks like fun. It's a great group of people
1: get to run in cool places. It's awesome. Yeah. I mean, speaking from my own experience, it is all of those things. And to add to the excitement that you spoke of, I also think it's, it's refreshing, right? You just talked about how in Vancouver, where you live, you have these world-class trails that now you can explore. And when you were in your peak marathoning days, like, like the elite marathoners idea of a trail run is going on a flat, perfectly groomed path um, yep. that is a little bit easier on their joints. Like that's a trail run. Like I remember when I lived in San Diego going for a run with Meb Kofleski. He's like, yeah, we'll go for a 10 mile trail run at Penasquitos Canyon. His idea of a 10 mile trail <laughs> run was a one mile stretch <laughs> of perfectly groomed gravel before you actually got into the canyon that we ran back and forth five times to get 10 miles in. Like that was his <laughs> idea of a trail run. It's like once you you know, and as a world-class marathoner, it's like, yeah, you got to be careful because if you get injured and you you screw yourself up, like, you know, that could be a payday. That could be several paydays. Like that could really derail you. So I get it. Um, but once you're able to move past that and explore some other things, like there's just so much out there to check out and to see. And, and for me, like moving to the Bay area where I said, there's a big trail and ultra running community. I remember my first trail run with the crew out here and we have world-class trails here in the Marin headlands and, you know, North of Mount Tam and, you know, all this elevations stuff. like, I never tracked elevation gain when I was like just training for marathons and half. I didn't know like what elevation gain was or that you could even track it. Like I just knew like a hilly (laughs) course versus a flat course. And here it's like, Oh, how much vertical gain per mile? Um, like, what is it going to mean over the distance? And it's like a different sport, but it's also like, it's refreshing because you can see so much more. Um, you're not paying attention to your watch, like quite as much, but if you sign up for a race, like it's still a competitive thing and that can come out. And I think there's something cool about all of that.
0: Oh, yeah, it's so true. It's funny you talk about that because even this morning I got on my treadmill for a little morning run and I just put it at
1: 4% grade.
0: I was like, all right, I'll do this for 5k. And I was like, I wonder what that even means. So it's like, even learning like new, like new ways to, yeah, like do the do the grades and doing the hills and it, it is like you're saying it's so new and I was talking to my buddy Tony the other day we were out for a run I was like man two hours on the trail goes by a whole hell of a lot <laughs> yeah. faster than two, two hours on the road because you're exploring you're seeing these new things and like you're saying the Pacific Northwest is just stunningly beautiful and and yeah it's just getting on the trails and and even even just learning more right um I the thing that the thing that intrigues me about trail running is like I'm terrible at it right now yeah. but in, in 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 four or five weeks, I've noticed just improvements. Just being able to run downhill with more confidence, mm-hmm. um, being able to like have a little more sturdy on my feet, and I'm enjoying the process of learning because I feel like you know I've I run with trail runners. There's a lot of trail runners here in Vancouver, and they're like you know they're they're good runners. You know, like three three hour marathoners, what have you, and we come to a downhill and they're gone. I can not even see them. They just blow my doors off. You're like, "You know what? that's cool cuz I can learn how to do that." Yeah. And I have this I have this speed in I have this speed kind of in my pocket. So if I can combine the two, I feel like I can be good at that. But it's going to take a lot of time on my feet, but I'm excited to do it because it's just it's fun, dude. It's fun. It's just like it's like adult like cross country. And just go out there and hop around in the woods and it's, it's great, man. Well, you really enjoying it.
1: That's awesome. I love hearing that. And you've got to develop new skills and then you can add these tools to your box and combine them with, you know, all of those 120 mile weeks that you've put in, like the big engine that you've built. And it'll be, you know, as a fan and as a coach, like it's exciting to see those things come together. And it's, it's exciting to see the progress and, and it's funny, as you were describing that, I was sitting here like smiling, kind of like nodding my head. And I remember my I remember it was six weeks when I moved here to the Bay Area and I started running trails with the group here. And I mean, here you can climb for, you know, you climb for like 10 to 20 minutes and you run downhill for like 10 to 20 minutes. And like I wasn't <laughs> yeah. I wasn't used to it. I remember being sore for like six weeks um, because yeah. I just wasn't used to that. And then your body changes a little bit. You get stronger and a little more resilient. And um I don't know. I think it's. I think it's awesome, and I'm. I'm excited to see you take your foray into it. And correct me if I'm wrong. I think you're signed up for Chuckanut 50k here yeah, in a so couple months, aren't you?
0: Yeah, dude. I signed up for Chuckanut, and I was like, all right, cool. Yeah, and I was like, wait it's like a second. 50k is freaking far. And I got two. I got what two and a half months to get <laughs> there. So I, I'm kind of. I, I don't think I'll be prepared as I want to for that race. But like, I, the first part of this year is about learning, right? Yeah. And then by the end by the end of 2019, I want to be pretty proficient at it. So Chucknut's kind of like just like see what a 50k uh, race feels like, see what the trail seems all about. But I want to prepare as best as I can, and I'm excited. And right, right now I'm in operation just like quad callus. I just got to destroy my quads. So every time I'm running down a hill, I'm just hammering down it. I look like a I look like a crazy person. But there's some nice climbs, and I just got to get my quads because I got I got some pretty gangly legs, and right now they can't handle the pounding. And I know that, and I got to work on that. But it's yeah, Chucknut. March 16th, I'm, I'm excited and also terrified. And I wouldn't have, you know, it's, it's a good motivator to train, that's for sure.
1: You know, and that's a great course for someone such as yourself, because that first 10K, last 10K are very runnable and flat and not very technical at all. And then the middle, you've got some real trails and some real elevation gain and some tricky footing in there. So you'll you'll get a little of all of it. And some of it's going to play to your natural strengths. And some of it, as you said, you'll learn um, and you'll take those learnings and be able to apply them moving forward. And that's and I think at this point, like of our lives, when we've been in the sport for as long as we have to, to really see improvements like that, like maybe your times aren't getting faster, but you're like, wow, I can run downhill a lot better than mm-hmm. I could when I first started. And there's something, you know, there's something really exciting about that.
0: Oh yeah. It's just, it's runners have tools and every runner has their strengths. Every runner has their weaknesses and it's fun to be able to, you know, identify weakness and, and work on it and get, and get it better. And you know, it'll be, it's just a fun us. Have you
1: done Chuckanut before? Uh, I've not done Chuckanut. I had one of my athletes, Io Wang, who she, I think she was like guest 23 on my podcast as well. She was second there a couple years ago. Okay, um, yeah. so I'm familiar with the race because of that when she was training for it. Um, but you know, in the last five years, I've run a handful of 50 Ks. I ran 50 miles last year and, you know, have immersed myself like in the ultra running scene. I still, you know, I go back and forth because I'm like you, I I love the sport and the different aspects of it. And I'm really interested in, in exploring the different, you know, disciplines and levels and, and, you know, kind of all that. But it's, it's, it's funny, man. Like the ultra runners, no offense to those of you listening to this, like they're a funny crowd, like, especially those who are, <laughs> who came, like that was their entry into running, right. As they came to yeah. the ultra scene. Cause when I moved here, I, I ran my first 50 K within three months of living here and same boat, like I moved in January. So it was about the same time of year. And These clowns that I run with, they're like, yeah, you should run way too cool 50k with us. It's in March. Like, like, oh, okay. Like, I I guess I'll do that. (laughs) And I remember saying like, man, like, that's another 8k. Like, that's a long way. And I'm running with these guys and they're dead serious. And they're like yeah, that's a, it's a, it's speed work for summer hundreds. And it's just like a completely different perspective, right? It's like, we're looking at it as like, wow, what's life going to be like after 26 miles? And these guys are like, yeah, this is like my version of a, of a tempo run basically for the races that really matter to me. So it's like, it's, it's unique and it's, it's pretty cool in that way. And I think that's one of the many great things about the sport of running, no matter what part of it you're involved in.
0: Yeah, there's, there's absolutely some maniacs out there. And, and, and I think something that gets me really excited about is I feel like, you know, in 2016, when I kind of stopped, I felt like things had kind of stagnated and there was, there was like a where, where what now, right? Things had stagnated. I've been in this routine. So now it's like something fresh and exciting. So it's, it's like cool to do it. And so what, like, like, I'll ask, I'm asking for a little free advice here. Like, go for if it. If you're doing, if you're doing a, like, what's your longest run before a 50k race? Like, like, do I have to get out there and do something? I was thinking about just getting out there and doing a few 50 cases to feel what it feels like. Uh, yeah. How long's your longest run before that?
1: So I think it depends on your background and your experience level. I mean, obviously you've run plenty of marathons in the past. So like, you've got that down and I don't know what your longest training run for some of those are. Cause I know some higher level marathoners will go and do like a 28 mile training. Run. Mm-hmm, um, mm-hmm. like I've, you know, I know that's not a a super uncommon thing among some of like Better marathoners like they'll go out and do that over distance runs. They've got the experience to do it for myself. Like I've gone as short as like 22. I've done like a trail marathon as like my quote unquote tune up or my long run um, before a 50k. But I think it, I think a lot of it too just depends on you know the course, right? I mean, yeah, um, my first 50k was a very runnable course and I definitely screwed up the nutrition part of it and had a bonky last 10 miles and I was out there for three hours and 45 minutes. So it's like a little more than like an hour of what I would, you know, do for, for a marathon. In some cases it can be like, you know, 40 minutes or so. Um, something like checking, it's like, yeah, you'll probably be out there racing, you know, an hour, hour and a half longer than, you know, you're, you know, you're used to. Um, and I think it's more like getting comfortable, being out on your feet for, yeah. you know, three, three and a half hours as opposed to, all right, what is, you know, 30 miles feel like you could certainly, I mean, with your experience and um, your engine, I mean, yeah, you could go out and do like some 50 K training runs and be like, okay, I'm not intimidated by the distance, but like racing, it's a whole another thing. And that's where I think until you're in it and you you know, you get past that 26.2 mile mark and you're like, all right, I'm still, I'm still racing. Like I still got (laughs) to race for another, you know, 8K, not just move my body for another 8K, at least for what you're trying to do. I think that's like, you know, that's something you can only learn once you're, once you're in it.
0: Yeah. And that's something that's like, I'm, I've I've been thinking a lot about is like how to approach it that way. Because when you're training for a marathon, it's all about just like speed, speed, Mm -hmm. right? You got to be able to hit that Ride that line. We're like, man, in, in a 50k, it's like I just if I can hold a in if for something like chugging, it's like I can hold a five. I mean, a four minute k average. You're crushing it, right? So I was like, yes. man, it's like so. Yeah, it's about being able to accept the fact of just like running for a long time. So yeah, I was, thinking, I was like, I'm just gonna go for a few three hour <laughs> runs and not and not even not even worry about pace, right? Yeah. Just be able to run for three hours. I've done that once in my life, and I remember it being just boring, but I wanted to do it just because I wanted to see it. So. Yeah, just getting comfortable running three hours. So I mean, I yeah, dude, I'm ex- taking in the fuel as you go and stuff like that.
1: Yeah, and I think as far as trail ultras go, like the pace is almost irrelevant in a lot yeah. of cases. See, because, and
0: that's, that's the mindset that I got to get out of.
1: Yeah, it's getting out of that mindset, getting out of the mindset of, oh, there's this really steep hill. I'm going to try to run it and power up. It's like, no, nah, actually, you're better off hiking that. Um, it's a more efficient use of, you know, energy at that point. And it's like those are the learnings that come, I think, with the experience. And I, a lot of it, it depends on the course. Like I think for, you know, a higher level marathoner who is well-trained, like such as yourself, like the type of marathon training that you've done is probably not going to be very dissimilar from what you would need to do well at most 50 Ks or at least most like runnable 50 Ks. Cause you're already putting in a high level of volume. You're obviously very fit from the workouts that you're doing. Um, but depending on the course, like you know, you're not running like an even four minutes a K the entire time. You might have some that are like three thirty, you might have some that are five minutes, uh, and it averages out to that. And uh and that's one of the unique things about it is like is learning how to navigate that once you you know, once you are out there because it is very different from, okay, I'm gonna get in this groove and I'm just gonna hold on to it for the next like two hours and fifteen minutes or yeah. you know, whatever it is that you're used to.
0: Yeah, i you're used to this kind of getting on a pace and trying to shut off your brain and go yeah, yeah. so it, it'll, it'll be it'll definitely be a fun process and i've you know what so far i'm enjoying it so check that box and i'm really looking forward to it and I, and, and again it's the running community i mean the run the trail community is very similar it's just there's positive and it's and it's and it's very welcoming and it's very rejuvenating so, yeah. as well yeah yeah it's just ah, dude it's just like i just love this sport and i'm looking forward to trying to continue my growth in it and you know and, and having that experience because I also you know like with the R- mild to marathon group and with, with Vancouver like people transition from roads to trails like it's just it's it's not like one set you know it's not like people who are just trails or people who are just roads there's a lot of fluidity between the two so it'll be nice for me to be able to like relate and be like yeah trail running you guys are crazy because <laughs> I know <laughs> I fell down the mountain yesterday right so
1: yeah so it's it's cool man I love it. I think that's a great place to wrap things up, Rob. This was a super fun conversation. Thank you so much for your time.
0: Oh, Dude, thank you so much for having
1: me. Yeah, it was a lot of fun. So thanks, Mario. All right. That's a wrap on this week's show. Thank you so much for tuning in. If you enjoyed it, even if you didn't hit me up on Twitter, that's at Mario Fraile, M-A-R-I-O-F-R-A-I-O-L-I and give it to me. The good, the bad and the ugly. I can take it all. If you would like to further support the show, you can do that on Apple Podcasts or whatever platform you listen to audio on and just leave a rating and a review. Only takes a few seconds, helps other listeners to discover the show, and it really means a lot to me. So thank you to everyone who has done so already. Really, really does mean a lot. Also, big thank you to Strava. They sponsored this episode. I've personally been a Strava user for five years now. I love the platform. Look me up. Follow my training. Post to it almost every day. Strava is hands down the best app for runners, cyclists, and triathletes. It's a great way to keep yourself accountable, stick to those New Year's resolutions, keep track of your training, analyze the data afterward, and really, it's just a great way to get motivated by other athletes who are getting out and getting after it every day. Strava is free to use whenever you want to log a run or a workout, but there's also a number of extra special summit features that cost just a few dollars a month. They allow you to set goals and stay motivated, better analyze your workouts, dig deeper into the data, share your location during activities with significant others, and explore new places with confidence and a lot more. For a limited time, you can check those out. Strava is offering Morning Shakeout listeners, that is you, a chance to try those Summit features for free. Go to strava.com summit, that's S-T-R-A-V-A dot com summit, S-U-M-M-I-T and enter the code shakeout, that is one word, all lowercase letters, S-H-A-K-E-O-U-T shakeout at checkout and see What Summit's all about. Finally, thank you to my audio ninja, John Summerford of BearsRecords.com, for making this show sound as good as it does. And I think that'll do it. Until next time, I'm Mario Frailey, and this has been another episode of the Morning Shakeout Podcast.